0: Hey, Peter. What's up? Did you bring your umbrella? Oh, no. What do you do when it rains?
1: I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter
0: Martin. And you're listening to this American, I mean, you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. (laughs)
1: Coming to you from Sheboygan, Wisconsin.
0: You're hearing this uh, this lovely I I intro. How to grow a
1: beard? Come on, like before the end of the episode.
0: You're listening to this lovely intro music uh, by the MoveOn.org. On on. Brad Meldow. NPR. This is uh, from PBS. his PBS. This is from his album Largo. Barack Come on, Obama. dude. It's
1: my day. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Barack Obama. I mean, this is all things I think about when I hear this. Sorry.
0: <laughs> this is from Brad Meldow's record Largo, uh, 2002. This uh, is from the opening track called When It Rains. And this is Solo Analysis Wednesday. Yeah, buddy. Also known as Lawsuit Wednesday for Extended Play. <laughs> yeah, hold on. i gotta, I got to cut this for a minute. <laughs> we got to take take about 10 seconds
1: before uh, <laughs> Atlantic, <laughs> Atlantic <laughs> Records or whoever was on this. So, so, none so, Uh I think uh, yeah, Solo Analysis Wednesday leads to Lawsuit Thursday.
0: <laughs> Have you ever checked out Largo at all? Have you ever oh, checked out the it. record? Yeah, I
1: haven't checked out in a while, and and I actually forgot about that whole intro there. You know, the beauty of how it's recorded, and, but I don't know it like you do. That's why this is your day. This
0: is my day. So yeah. I love this solo. This is like – I think this is one of his – Brad Meldo is one of his like more – this was kind of like when he he got a little more mature. Mm -hmm. He was doing some really flashy stuff there in the late 90s and all those great like epic intros to all the things, all that stuff, you know. And this was like a really – this whole record actually was a very like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to make some like pretty music. And that's what it's going to be. This one's kind of for uh,
1: people who aren't just like, woo heads. Exactly. You know? Like this is for people that actually will pay for – gigs and attend and i I remember hearing him around this period too and, and really when this record came out my feeling that or hearing in in this music and what he was starting to get to confidence yeah confidence in himself not to say that what he was doing before that and he's done different things since then which has really gotten even more interesting and confident but it was like let me let me just like just as a pianist be confident. Yeah, I can do the bebop stuff. I can do the 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 Keith Jarrett, and he was getting a lot of flack for just like copying a lot of Keith Jarrett trio stuff or whatever. But he really started to find his own sound and just sort of double down on the things that he really does great as a jazz pianist.
0: Yeah. So this, I mean, the statement out of the gate here with that you know sort of chamber that small chamber ensemble that that kicks off the record. Um, that that tells you all you need to know about what's going to happen next. Yeah. you know, and then the choice here of personnel—he's got you know Larry Grenadier on base, who hack, is hack total hack, <laughs> no, con man, absolute uh, monster
1: <laughs> yeah. of the base. And then it's, and I mean, how great for this type of vibe? I mean, for well, yeah. for any funny. type of vibe. But, yeah, because but, but, he's played a lot of different things with Brad in different styles, and he is, he just he's a great player.
0: But this is Matt Chamberlain on drums. This is like a straight-up groove pop guy, right? and he just crushes
1: this track. Yep. He really does. Uh, and I think he really brought something, or at least you know, emboldened uh, Meldout to play in a way that, you know, there's a lot of Brian Blade can play great like this. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's so many great jazz drummers, but this kind of pushed him in another place, you know, that was not awkward at yeah. all. So
0: it's an AAB form. It's a very simple uh, tune. Love that band. And then let's get into the first part of the solo here. thematic development going on. Patient. Patient. Classic Brad Meldown. Yeah. Alright. A question followed by a question followed love by a the question. question. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. And then the answer.
1: Yeah. Uh.
0: Stop right here, real quick. But mm. one one of the things, I mean, he's already. This is a kind of a short solo, actually. But you know, he takes it out. He takes these themes out. You mentioned like a question followed by a question. Yeah. But at the end of every phrase, he always hones it back in with a bop. da You know, there's always like an answer, a period at the end. Usually of an eight-bar phrase. Which yep. that I mean, that's Brad Meldow, who you think is like maybe doing some kind of crazy stuff, but he's always grounding it and i think that's kind of a great lesson to learn here is is no matter how far out you get you can bring it back home
1: yeah and he does it beautifully here this is like a just sort of classic example of him setting up the architecture as you said in a very traditional number of bars and this is kind of almost a vamp although you have that different like where it goes up to the four corner bridge yeah yeah but you know he's able to do it you know He's setting up the solo in a way that, yeah, it's answering, but he's also setting up what he's about to do next by coming home so, like, straight down the middle. And then, but he kind of, you know, like, when he gets groovy, I love the way, like, when he's bringing it where, you know, a lot of pianists would kind of be just overtly right in the groove. He still kind of plays around with that a little bit, he knowing does. that he can come back and so that it won't be so jarring. You this know? is
0: one that he's definitely, I would say, laying back more than almost anything else I've ever mm-hmm. heard him do. He's fluctuating the time, which I think is probably a response to Matt Chamberlain just being so like, yeah. Come and sick. Grenadier really—I mean, <laughs> Grenadier's
1: fairly busy, but he's right in the. Yeah, they're laying yeah. it down pretty thick. So, and then you got the chamber, like some of that was it a flute or clarinet or something playing those long triplets over. Yeah, it's some woodwind like ensemble. An, yeah, yeah, like anti groove and like, and, and, and Brad is kind of playing with both, like sitting right in the middle of all that, yeah. but creating a, a super thematic type of, I mean, just thematic, thematic, even when he's going out and whatever, just like theme, theme, melody, melody, theme, theme. It really creates this tension between, and I think most of the time, actually, he's doing triplets with his left hand.
0: Mm -hmm. Over Mm -hmm. that eighth note. Yeah. All right, back to the bridge here. Yeah. (laughs) A quote from here, but you know, you don't think about maybe Rad Maldow as someone who plays the blues a lot, but he right. actually does. It's oh, just yeah. his version of it. You yeah. know what I mean? That last chorus was the or that last section was the perfect example of the da 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 ba ba boom. I mean that's and I
1: think with everything that's happened around him <sc> and <automated> where he is in the solo and, and how he's developing it, it's like he hits just the right amount of it. Like yeah. you could really kinda he could have just sort of gone in there deeper, which would have been a little bit jarring, you know, in terms of the continuum of how he's soloing. Yeah. All right. Action. Yeah. Things are
0: opening up. It's an ensemble with the rhythm section. Ah, uh, blue. <coughs> That's where he ends it. There are a couple of things that stick out for me with some of the architecture of that. And some of the note choices is, I mean, he really leans on the tonic and the fifth. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. And I think that speaks a little bit of his, uh, you know, the comp- the composer in him who yeah. understands that. As all the stuff is going around, as the harmony gets thick with the other players, yeah. you know, because you've done orchestration, that if you lean too long on something that's way out, it's not going to land. Right. You know, so you can hear him kind of like pulling the harmony back with just those, you know, melodically. And the other thing that stands out is this was a heavily produced L.A. recording from what I... Is in L.A. or New Jersey? It, either way, it was like a big affair, I, from what I remember reading the liner notes years ago. And there's still some cacks in there. Like, there's some... Mis- you can hear him make mistakes, which to me, as someone who's has experience in the studio, that means that they chose this take on vibe. On the vibe, You know no, what I, I mean? Think. So, like, the, he might have had cleaner ones. Yeah. And he let some of that cleanliness go... Because this was the one that had the vibe in the band.
1: Yeah, I was actually thinking that as playing too, because I was, I was also thinking, it, I, I would be shocked if he was not recording that live with the, the chamber, group. I mean, obviously the rhythm section. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times these things are later and later, but it, that's, that's not the way they're playing. And a big shout out shout out to the, to the engineer and the production, because yeah. this is... This, John this, Bryan. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah, John yeah. Bryan. So, I mean, this is very <clears throat> hard to place, this in, 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 instrumentation, and then the way that he is soloing, um, so, like, what I'm hearing, you know, we're hearing it with headphones, which is a great reminder if you really into these recordings. is like, listen with headphones if yeah, you want to yeah. get the real deal. But the separation, it's pretty wide piano from left, you know, obviously from left to right. But it's not like a huge piano sound. In fact, the bass and the way I'm hearing it, the bass and the drums are placed a little bit even further out front. The chamber stuff is way in the back. It's a pop production. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Way in the back. And then the piano... I think it was very smart to not make it have this massive sound, but to more like spread it out wider and a little bit thinner. Yeah, yeah. And then let his thematic development kind of carry it. Whereas if you'd have this big kind of reverb powerful sound, which you could have easily done, it would have been accurate. Yeah. It, there's just too much overlapping other things going on. That's a really that's
0: a really good observation. I didn't yeah. think about that. But you would have had, had to true. pull the drums way back is what you, you would have, have had to, to do. And that would have lost the whole groove. Yeah. You would have lost the whole sound of that that track there
1: that's good and this gives it that feeling and you know who knows what he was thinking and there's different ways you can place the music to make it sound different ways which is cool but very much his soloing was inside of the rhythm section and it gives it that feeling I think it works really well yeah 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 you know a little bit
0: different for us uh, to hit something like this but it's it's fun it's a fun solo to think about because it's so specific to this era and to his playing but it's it's good yeah Uh, one of my favorite solos of his for sure good stuff yeah man you want to do one of these? What do you got
1: next? Uh, today? Why don't we do it tomorrow? Well, that's or next week. What us do next week. You got, you got week. one coming up? You got, well, we you were talking been? about like a John Coltrane or something. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it soon. Until then. You'll hear